Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. And man, we we just got the whole crew together today. This is a podcast episode that could really go for two hours. Uh, I'm really hoping that doesn't happen because those episodes are are hard to promote and uh, hard, hard, hard 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 to hard to cut down. But um, we, we've got a great panel. Mason Bradford, per usual, and here with his boys, Fair, all the way from South Korea. Our good friend YB, YB, what is up, my man? Uh, not much, and we and we are a little bit earlier than my lunchtime, so I can go, I can join in for two hours if need be. But hey, you have a, you have a hard deadline, so let's let's stick to it. Yeah, let's let's just I, get to I it. I aspire to have a job where I can just in the middle of work just be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do a football podcast. Yeah, and, and nobody <laughs> seems to mind whatsoever. Yeah, seems like YB's got a pretty uh, pretty sweet setup. Um, probably makes the most out of all of us, and like it seems like he's 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 got he's got it under control. All right, the AFC, obviously the 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 conference we're most interested in. This show tends to lean heavy AFC. All three of my co-hosts have their playoff have their favorite teams in the playoffs. Where's your I, team? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about my team, and uh, that that didn't end up so well. Um, it's draft season, baby! Woo! Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess the. Tw- yeah, you I guess... guys gotta have a top five pick, right? No, no, oh, no we might no. we might end up with like pick twenty eight, but yeah, Ooh. it's it's uh you know it's those are statistically good picks. It's it's not not beautiful out here for for me these days. So let's just get to it. Let's get into it. I liked starting from the bottom last time, so we'll start from the bottom this time. And this team, we can go with pretty. We can go through pretty quick. I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Dolphins, as I I I put together some questions for our last podcast. For this one, I have three words for the Dolphins: sad trombone sounds. It it's uh it's not great for the Dolphins. Learn today, no Tua for this game. Who knows if Teddy's ready? Could be Skylar Thompson starting in a playoff game. So I, I think we can all agree, but the Dolphins are kind of just here here for a good time, not a long time. So I guess what what was the 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 point of this Dolphins season? Because for a playoff team, their future seems really depressing because. The more and more Tua doesn't play, the more and more it just feels like we're heading towards him being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna retire this offseason." Um, it's it's difficult. It's not a lot of fun for Dolphins fans. Not a lot of fun for Tua. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on the Dolphins because honestly, they as a franchise just depress me right now. They're they're not really in a great spot. I it, to me, it sort of seems like. Uh, the new AFC structure is whatever team gets that seven seed has the right of just being absolutely annihilated by Buffalo. And I believe we're heading in the same. Remember, remember when Josh Allen literally played the most perfect game statistically that's ever been played like against the Patriots. I I think this is just going to be the same levels of annihilation. This game is going to be really sad. I don't, I don't, it's, it's obviously, obviously it's, it's, it's not even sad in like kind of a fun way where it's like, wow, this team sucks because I mean, it's, it's, it's head injuries and that's never fun, but I, I don't really see a world in which this Dolphins team remains relevant in our lives for much longer past this weekend. 
No, I saw their injury list just before coming on here for today. And the do not practice list is super long and it's multiple offensive linemen and it's obviously Raheem Mostert and they obviously ruined two out, which makes it, uh, you know, much, much harder on them to actually do it. And, you know, not that it necessarily has like a ton of relevance, but uh, one of their local beat reporters, and I'm going to screw his name up, um, Marcus Jacques-Louis, uh, reported that uh, Skyler's parents are driving all the way from Kansas City up to Buffalo for this game. And, you know, again, it's his parents, so they come up probably on just a chance or anything. But who knows? Maybe there's a little inside information there that he's going to be playing over Teddy anyway with a thumb injury still. Um, so, or, yeah, it was them. Um it's going to be a really tough game for them to even want to compete in, honestly, just with the level of talent that they're going to be able to field. And then, you know, well, we'll talk about the other side later, but, you know, that's problematic. Yeah, it's de- it's depressing because the season, it went on a bunch of streaks. They started out, they started out strong. They lost a couple of games. They won a bunch of games and then they, lost, and they ended on a large losing streak and they won a really piss poor game against the Jets with a wonky ass final score. And you thought you had some answers regarding their potential quarterback of the future in Tua, and then now you have more questions than ever, which you really don't want to have, want to have end- ending the season. And with Tua's future now really in limbo, it's really kind of a murky situation you, you don't want to be in. And if we're continuing this pattern, last year it was the Patriots, this year it's the Dolphins. So maybe next year it'll be the Jets who have the luxury of being the seventh seed and getting destroyed by Buffalo in the wild card round of the playoffs. So maybe now that that's the progression we're on on right now. So maybe this will be a pattern in the near future. And you got and maybe the Bills will have the stranglehold on the AFC East for the next decade or so, like the Patriots did for 20 years. So hey, maybe you have that to look forward to. Yeah. Dolphins, just not a lot of fun to talk about. Even Raheem Mostert, who looked really good in week 18 and had a solid game injured. Um, thumb injury, difficult. Was in a cast at least. Yeah, he has a broken thumb. He has a broken thumb. Yep. I mean, it's problematic for a running back. Oh, mm-hmm. and, but I do want to say one thing about the Dolphins. I want to shout out one player on the Dolphins because we're not going to talk much about the Dolphins. They, they have a cornerback on the Dolphins who was undrafted and came out of a college I never heard of before in my life. Do you know there's a university called Texas A&M Commerce? I don't think any of you have ever heard of this university. I before. I definitely have. Because I, I see oh, them yeah. like when I browse like D1 random. Yeah. I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of college basketball. So I yeah. occasionally just browse like D1 scoreboards. They're, I don't know who plays yeah, for them. They're, or... yeah, they're opposing their cornerback opposite Xavier Howard is a kid named Cater Coho, undrafted. He's really, really, really good. That kid is good. He if, Because Byron Jones basically quit on the team and then <laughs> Xavier Howard is not the player he was. But Cater Coho is very good. Watch out for that kid. He's very, very good. Cool. We'll keep an eye out. Ravens, the sixth seed. Big picture question for them as well. Uh, obviously, the Bengals are, are, are a, a good team. The defense is very good, but the focus has to be quarterback. Today, Adam Schefter tweets out that Lamar is trending towards missing this game. Lamar, no Lamar. Like what? What is the plan moving forward here? Is it just time to call it like it is 
and say Lamar's style has finally caught up with his body because it feels like he's just an injury-prone quarterback now. And with a big off-season decision looming for them, do they really want to tag him and, and take that cap hit going into next year? Or is it better to just let Lamar walk and let someone else pay him an absurd amount of money and just deal with the fact that because it's been not one, not two, but three years now where he's had pretty serious injuries at some point within the season and missed multiple games. It does feel like, and I know it it feels like a trope, but I think it is true. I think with the amount of mileage he has on his tires, I do think he is an injury-prone player that you can't rely on for, for a full season. I think that's been proven over the past three years. When he does play, he's an elite-level quarterback, but he 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 has a hard time staying on the field. And the best ability in the NFL is availability, and he's he's just not available much, it seems. Knowing the Ravens, like how they operate, they like to operate like ahead of schedule, kind of like how the Patriots used to well, be in the – in the dynasty days they like to cut bait ahead of schedule and knowing how they usually operate and because i think greg roman is rumored to maybe take the stanford job or leave and because greg roman's system up, up, uh, relies on a mobile quarterback i think what they might do is they they'll probably tag him obviously because they haven't been able to come to terms on extension and maybe look to trade him and basically start a new and create like, get a new system in place and let Lamar be someone else's problem and get draft picks. I think that might be a route they're exploring more than I think people are willing to let on, but that's a big picture issue. And they extended Roquan Smith very recently, five years, 100 million, very in line with how the Ravens operate in terms of the defense. The middle of the defense is kind of how we view ourselves as the soul of the team with Marcus Williams, an FA acquisition played very well. And with Kyle Hamilton, a rookie, finding his legs. So I think they'll I think they won't be beholden to Lamar in that aspect. And they won't allow themselves to be held hostage to Lamar. I don't think they'll work that way. Yeah, the injuries have worked out really tough for him. Especially because like it's not that long ago that I think an adequate comp at this point in his career would be Michael Vick towards the end of his career. Like, yeah, when he's on the field, you get some really elite-level play out of him. He's making some amazing throws. He's running all over the field. But you're guaranteed not having him three or four games a year. And you just got to know what you're going to do with that time. And when it's the most important position on your team, it's really impossible to go into a year knowing that they're going to miss a quarter of it. That that just cannot be the way that you – play unless apparently you're Kyle Shanahan but that that's if anything he's the exception that proves the rule that unless you have some stability at that quarterback you just can't win games over a long period of time well I mean I think with it's it's sort of like an impossible thing because what are the chances that you you ever find a quarterback as talented as Lamar again you know it's like, I don't, I, it's a, that's, that's a tough thing to weigh out. And my gut tells me the Ravens will not move on from Lamar and they'll find a way to make it work just because he's so good. I mean, I remember we were having very serious discussions uh, a few weeks into the season about 
him having like an MVP type campaign, and he was. And it's like I don't know. I, I think I think you you obviously you can look at two years of, of injuries coming in as like a as like a big negative, but he's still pretty young, and it's 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 Lamar Jackson. Like I, I think it would be foolish for the Ravens to like head into uh, future seasons with. I mean, think of how the Lamarless Ravens have looked over the past couple of years. Is that what you want your team to look like? I would rather have Lamar 75% of the time than whatever the hell that was 100% of the time, you know? I mean, the, the caveat to that is that, it, like, Lamar is, a, Lamar is a talent that you basically have to mold your system around it when you obviously take as a unique a talent as Lamar out of the system but, and you have a system basically tailor-made around Lamar, then obviously you're going to have issues. And when you know that you don't have Lamar and you craft a different system around it, then obviously it'll look a lot different. And the Ravens may be thinking about this. I'm not going to profess to say that I know exactly how the Ravens operate, but that may be an avenue that they're looking towards. And if another team is willing to pay up the draft compensation and is willing to pay Lamar the reportedly obscene amounts of money that he wants to get, not without justification, then they may decide to think that that's it, it's not worth the hassle to say that that's some that it might be someone else's problem. And we can find our own solutions elsewhere. Like it could be that's what the Ravens could be thinking. If Tyler Huntley plays, do the Ravens have a shot to win at least one playoff game? Not against yeah. the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe well, I'm no. saying that it's the Bengals, but no, no, the, the Bengals, Bengals are yeah. so good. <laughs> They are. No, there's zero chance. The only reason I'll the only reason I'll say they have a shot is because the Bengals, well, not in the Burrow era at least, but they, we have a very distinguished history of fucking up against the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> TJ Yates and uh, Mike White come to mind in recent memory. But like based on what we saw last week, and I know Anthony Brown is even a step down from Tyler Huntley, but they're not, they don't have a lot. They don't have a very big shot, but as I said, any given Sunday. And so, and Brock, and nobody gave Brock pretty much of a shot either and winning any games. And he's won every game he's played. So, don't if get they do Eric s- going about Brock Purdy again. I, don't, if, I am not rehashing this conversation. We, if they we, do, we've seen Tyler Huntley, though, and that's it, the difference between him and Brock Purdy. If we know that, that's if, a known model. If they do stick with Lamar going into next year, I know the draft cupboard is kind of bare, but they really just need to go all offense. They really need to take just swings on late round to mid round. Cause it seems like every single year Rashad Bateman or whoever they run out there at wide receiver gets hurt halfway through the year. And then they just have no one at the skill positions come the end of the year. They need to make a really conceded concerted effort to put together a more talented skill position group because they just have to me, one of the least talented skill position groups in the AFC, which is not what you want in the AFC. I mean, who do, who does this team have other than maybe Mark Andrews and JK Dobbins and JK Dobbins has injury problems. Like it, it's just, it's difficult to look at the Ravens and view them as a threat because even when their all-out running attack was working, it hasn't been like that for a few years now. Like, it it, it hasn't been, you know, that we're going to run for 
200 to 300 yards a game. Like that, that just hasn't been there for years. So um, very good defense, folks. Gotta give the defense some yeah. credit. Basically <laughs> one of the best in the league down the stretch after a rough start. Um, that's to me what makes the Ravens interesting. The week 18 game was very, very tight. I think the playoff game could be very, very tight as well. It wouldn't shock me if they hold the Bengals under 30 points. Um, and if you can hold the Bengals under 30 points, you have a chance to win. So that that's the way I, I view the Ravens. All right. Next team. The Chargers. Final wild card. Here we go. Uh, I just... <laughs> Only one question to ask. Are we headed for a chargering? Or is Justin Herbert going to drag this team kicking and screaming to the divisional round of the playoffs? Because if he does, I think there's a lot of respect for Justin Herbert. But if he somehow just wills his team to a wild card win and even makes it to the divisional round, I think we do have to concede that he is in the pantheon of top quarterbacks in the league and in the same conversation as Allen Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, But he's got to do a lot because he hasn't played his best football as of late, to be completely honest with you. I don't think he's had a very good month. I would say this has been one of his more lackluster months, to be honest with you. And I'm just interested to see, this is his first time in the playoffs. I'm interested to see what happens here. Do do we have a status on Mike Williams yet? Has anyone seen that? I, I missed that today. He, he didn't practice Wednesday. Just, yeah, so no practice again today. Um, and I think, honestly, if there was a more after, appropriate uh just like manifestation of the Chargers identity, I feel like it's Joey Bosa and Mike Williams being injured in a meaningless game. Like, yep. Is, is there? Just come on, guys. Like, let's let's just just put it all together for once, for the love of God. Yeah, that made no sense. Um, they have the playoffs clinched, and Brandon Staley just. I guess he was just trying to get the vibes right, but you're the Chargers. You can't. The vibes are right, but you're in the playoffs. Like you can take a half to get some vibes and then sit down and be done with it. Like yeah, yeah. Jesus. They had the they had the seed clinch. They, they it wasn't even just the playoff. They they were locked into the five seed because the Ravens lost earlier. Like there was exactly nothing, there was literally nothing, nothing on the line. They, yeah, they were playing into the fourth quarter. I mean, it was it was it was ridiculous. Like Brandon Staley, like. He, his defensive game planning against the Dolphins, for example, has showed that he's he has talent. He has he has some talent in his in his brain regarding game planning and whatnot. But some of his decision making really leaves you scratching your head, and like that sort of thing really leads you to believe that some charging will be happening somewhere down the line, whether it be this weekend or somewhere else down the line. To me, it's a successful Chargers season if they win this game. It's a really? successful Chargers season if they get to the divisional round of the playoffs. Considering what the team went through this year it, with the injuries and underperforming expectations, if they somehow get to the divisional round of the playoffs, 
I think that's a successful year and a step in the right direction, considering this team hasn't made a meaningful playoff run since the Phillip Rivers years. I'd, I'd highly disagree, considering the expectations and the money they spend in the offseason and considering all the hype around them in the offseason and considering the acquisitions they made regarding Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, uh, and all the uh, reinforcements they made in the defense. The defense was still awful. And they could not manage the they could not manage the offense other than Eckler somehow managed to stay healthy throughout the entire 17 game season, which bless his heart, I have no idea how because they rely on it, on him immensely throughout the season. And somehow the smallest guy on the field managed to stay healthy for the 17 game season while everybody else was dropping or like flies, which is which is I think is a miracle sent to Los Angeles, and. And considering how Justin Herbert was, Justin Herbert was also hurt in the middle of the season. Like I understand that he had a he had some there there were difficulties had in the middle of the season. But considering what happened in the what they were talking about earlier in the off season in the in the preseason, anything less than going to the AFC title title game has to be considered in the overall macro perspective of the season as a disappointment, because this was supposed to be the Chargers' year. I'm, I mean, every year is supposed to be the Chargers year, YB. It's a theme yeah. that you got to, you, you pick up on fast. I'm going to be as neutral as possible here, which is, as I know, possible. I know, be, I know that, I have, that would be new. I know I have a bit of as a possible. reputation as, possible. As, as a bit of a Chargers. Uh, I'm, I'm not the fondest of them. And I think it's very fair to say that this is a remarkably unimpressive team. If you think back to some of the games they won this year, how many times did they win games this year where you're like, what the hell was that? Remember the Browns Chargers game? That was like yep. one of the least deserved wins I've ever seen. I mean, they're out here losing to the Russell Wilson Broncos now. They're out here. And I understand <laughs> it's, they were playing their starters in that game for some insane reason. They barely beat them before. Uh, I mean, they lost to the Raiders. They barely, they barely beat, beat the, the Titans. Falcons. They barely beat the like the bad Titan. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Barely I, beat the Falcons. Vastly unimpressive and uh, Staley overall. I think it's been ups and downs. I think with a playoff berth, he's definitely keeping the job now. But just some baffling decision making from him all around. And I see the Jaguars as the better team in this game. I I, I I'm. I'm not making it like a Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert thing. Both are excellent talents. And I have no doubt that they'll both perform admirably, but this strikes me as one of those games where like Justin Herbert puts on one of the most gritty, impressive quarterback performances you've ever seen as the chargers lose by like two touchdowns. You know, I've seen that one a few times and I don't think it'll be that wide of a spread, but the Jaguars are playing really well right now. Trevor's playing the best ball of his career. Uh, uh, the last, the last game. The last two weeks have not been. Last two weeks, greatest, but overall, on this, form. on this stretch, he has been. I think the biggest difference between the two teams is your coaching staff. The coach. I mean, that's it's where the fact I, that you've got absolutely. Doug Peterson versus Brandon Staley. I think that's where you're going to find your biggest gap between these two teams. And what I agree with you makes the difference between the Jacksonville Jaguars being a better team than the Chargers are in their current iteration. The Jags have a feisty defense too. I thought Trayvon yeah, Walker do. played an exceptional game. Uh, Apparently anyone time. named Josh Allen is just good at stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, Josh Allen. I mean, I, I think that, I think that the Jags team as a whole, just 
feels like it has way more momentum. And I mean, can I see Justin Herbert putting on incredible performance and winning this game? Absolutely. I'm not saying it's oh, yeah. impossible. This isn't a Bengals Ravens scenario for me where it's just, there's no way, but like, I, 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 I think with, with this Chargers team, and this is not a Chargers hate thing. It's just a, a realist thing. I, I think that the Jags are better. And I think, I find that better teams win more games than teams that aren't as good as the better team. So that's my neutral take on the Chargers. Eric had to run out for a second. So he's kind of thrust me into the hosting chair. I, I, I don't fully know what I'm doing, but I guess we power Well, I mean, on. it's the perfect time for Jaguars since we're in the same yeah. game anyway. Yeah, yeah, we are. That's the next team on the list. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but how are you guys feeling well, about was, the Jaguars? What was the question? Game? Do you have the question he has for them? Oh, he does have a question. Oh, man. Okay, uh, I'll say this as as Eric would. What are our expectations for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, I, I, I want to remind you too. I think it's very funny that Eric was calling for the Jaguars to move on from Trevor Lawrence halfway through this year. So, anyways, what are our expectations for Trevor Lawrence? Plus, sneaky elite pass rush. That's it. That's I'll the end of the. I'll, I'll no tell you what. It, of all the teams that are currently in. The, the AFC playoffs right now. They're one of I them. I think the Jaguars are the team that I genuinely don't want my Bills to face. Like, I've already lived through Josh Allen on Josh Allen violence. It wasn't <laughs> pretty the last time, and I don't want to relive that moment again. And, and like, it's just like there's so many like weird little like unknown quantities in there, and they've been on this like crazy upswing from the beginning of the year where they've actually become like a good team. I, I just I don't want to be on their warpath if they catch fire. I would like them to be bounced this week if at all possible, but. It does. It does give me last year Bengals vibes a bit because they they had a basically kind of like a defense filled with a lot of uh, lesser known but talented players like in addition to Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, guys in the secondary like Tyson Campbell, Rayshon Jenkins who you saw make that pick six on Dak Prescott, and Andre Cisco who obviously Bradford has a very uh, pain relationship with in, in that Jack Chiefs game, and the line the linebackers they make. The linebackers fly around. Olukun, like maybe that Ivy League education from Yale doing him wonders on the football field because that guy can fly around like nobody's business. Yeah, he and, and Olukun, by the way, he was one of those guys where, when the Jaguars just did their money dump mm-hmm. in March, he was one of those guys where you were like, "What? Like, why? Like, who? Who is this guy?" And he ends up being their their leading tackler and having two sacks, twelve tackler, wasn't he? Yep, two sacks, twelve tackles for loss, five pass defenses. Like this guy was a real difference maker for them this year. It, 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 pretty pretty impressive. A, a little cool. Like he he led the league in tackles last year in Atlanta. Like. Any, anybody who play IDP, IDP fantasy knows about Aluakun. That, that guy that guy flies around. And I think uh, the Jaguars got a lot out of him. Like, and, and Christian Kirk, even though he got clowned for being, like, not him, but the Jaguars got clowned, around, clowned for overpaying Christian Kirk, he, having a receiver at, that's at least as talented as Kirk really helped bring out a lot, of, a lot out of Trevor Lawrence. You saw it with two, obviously, when they brought in uh, Tyree Kill. You saw it, with, obviously, with Josh Allen when they brought in Stephon Diggs. You bring in talented receivers that helps unlock your quarterback. It's a very, very simple process. You saw with Joe Burrow when they brought in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. <laughs> very simple principle. And 
like and Lawrence, like as he got better, brought out like they they managed to get stuff out of receivers like Zay Jones and somehow still in the league and somehow performing Marvin Jones <laughs> and Evan Ingram somehow managed to resurrect his career and Doug Peterson apparently still knows how to coach some and I don't think the Eagles are regretting that move just considering how their seasons turned out but I think the move was beneficial for all parties involved and win yeah the Jaguars I think like they found their man and I think they're they are really thanking the Broncos that uh they that the Broncos locked up Nathaniel Hackett from going to Jacksonville for an interview. So <laughs> once again, the Broncos performing a lot of public services for a lot of people. So I think <laughs> good uh, guy Broncos. The the Waltons really doing a lot of people a lot of favors there. I think that I think Walmart money just getting slung. Oh yeah, I think I think with this with this Jags team, they're just very solid in all asset uh, aspects of football, and that's usually pretty conducive to performing well in the playoffs and I, I feel like they're kind of like the big feel-good story to me over the lines because they actually made it even though the lines were a feel-good story but the Jags actually got the job done they they made it mm-hmm. and I I can see the Chargers being on the wrong side of that momentum here don't the, the one guy I feel, feel bad for regarding the Jaguars is James Robinson because Robinson busted his ass off on, on some bad bad Jags teams and then the one year they got good they shipped his ass off to New York and he's not even playing anymore <laughs> Poor guy. I want to say, oh, Eric, you're back. Oh, one... thank God. I, I was drowning out here. I had no idea. I mean, it went very smoothly. But truth be told, I'll be honest. I with literally you. talked a second before. He has been here for like four full minutes at this point. What? And you ruined the <laughs> podcast magic. The podcast <laughs> listeners didn't have to know that I walked away. Well, Eric, I wanted to be honest with you. Eric, you you left, and okay. and I want to say, in in the moment of need, I I was trying to figure out what to do, and Mason came in. Cl- I'm just saying, he he deserves a raise in this whole and this. He he brought us through in a dark moment. I'm not sure we would have made it to the other side. I want to say, I know he was a little bit of a meme at points this year, and kind of got ragged on in the early part. But Devin Lloyd did become a good player for this team. And, and is a good player for this team. Eight pass defense, 115 tackles, uh, just a solid linebacker. Just got to give my Utah guy some love. You know, he, he was just very, very solid for them this year. Last thing I'll say about the Jaguars, I know we're pumping them up right now, but, like, I'm just going to be real with you. I, I will be shocked if they get past the divisional round. I'll be absolutely shocked. Because the three rosters ahead of them, and honestly, the roster below them overall as rosters are just way better rosters than what the Jags have. And I I, I know there are good players on the team like we just talked about, but I'm under no illusion that they're going on some kind of magical run. This is still only a nine-win team. Like it, It'll be good for them to win this year. But they still need to do some major stuff in the offseason, including hopefully getting Calvin Ridley back from suspension and integrated on the team. Because if they get Calvin Ridley back next year and Calvin Ridley is what Calvin Ridley was, holy cow. This, suddenly you look at that and you're like, oh, so now there's a fourth team in the AFC race. Like, But they've got to get Calvin Ridley back yet, and they're not quite there just yet. So I I just want to temper expectations.
Well, always remember Blake Bortles got dragged to the AFC Championship along behind the Jacksonville That is Jaguars. true. They do have some funky magic down there in Duval. Um, Bengals. I'm going to throw Bengals. this to YB. We know about the offense. We get it. Joe Burrow's great. We all acknowledge that. They've got firepower. But YB, I want you to tell us about the defense. Does this team have the defense to stop teams like the Chiefs and the Bills down the stretch here? Well, the stats would say that they have enough of a defense to not stop, not shut them down completely, but at least put a hold on them. We saw them do the, do it to the Chiefs this year. Like we, we held them to 24 points, if I, if I remember the score correctly. And they forced a pretty big turnover out of Travis Kelsey, which was the deciding point in the game, as Brad will remember. And against the Bills, obviously, the game was cut short due to tragic circumstances. And I, we, we will never know the results of that game, but I think it would have been a very good game otherwise. So hopefully we get an answer somewhere down the line. But they weren't a very they were a pretty good defense overall. They were ranked in the top 10 in pass defense in a lot of categories, other than sacks, I think, because they other than Trey Henderson, they really don't have a dominant pass rusher. And I don't think Henderson can be really classified as a dominant pass rusher in the same class as, say, someone like uh, Max Crosby or uh, Nick Bosa or uh, Micah Parsons. Like, Hendrickson's more of a kind of like an effort pass rusher, if you will. And he's got short ass arms. There's a reason they call him T-Rex. It's not just the same. <laughs> and, but their, their entire defensive core is very, they're, the one thing that you'll see hear a lot of people talk about them is that they're very intelligent and they, they, they're very smart. They're very savvy and their defense, they follow their defensive coordinators uh, directions very, very well. Their linebacking core is kind of like how, kind of like how Buffalo's linebacking core is really underrated, the trip Edmonds and Milano. They're very, very good, but you rarely hear the people talk about them. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are very, very good. I think Pratt's improved a lot over the over this year, especially in pass coverage. And their secondary, Awuzie is out, which is a bummer. Awuzie is their best corner, but Cam Taylor Bird, ever since been, he's been pressed into duty, has been he's been good, like maybe not great in terms of coverage, but he's been very solid in run support. And Jesse Bates, after a very lackluster start to the season, has been has gotten a lot better in, in the last couple of weeks. And has been very good in run support, which he wasn't last season. And Bates was good in the playoffs last season. So I think he recognizes when it's time to put on a show to get his next contract. So, <laughs> and he's, he's going to be an FA. And he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. And he'll be looking to get some money. So he'll be looking to put on a show for them. And they have the defense, I think, to pull it off. And in the middle, they have big DJ Reader, who it was very noticeable when he came back that the run defense of the of the Bengals became a lot stiffer when he came back because uh, the last loss that the Bengals had was against Cleveland in on Halloween and Nick Chubb ran all over the Bengals and DJ Reader was out that game. When Reader came back, they played against Tennessee, they played against Cleveland again, and they played against New England. So they played against Derrick Henry, they played against Nick Chubb, and they played against Ramondi Stevenson. They held them all under 50 yards rushing. That tells you something. So that so they have the defense to pull it off. I think the one thing that I would that concerns me, I think, going into the postseason is that they lost Leo Collins in the game against New England. He has a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. And in last week against Baltimore, they lost Dallas Kappa, their right guard, to an ankle injury, which they're gonna say he's probably out for the playoffs. 
he might be back if they make it to all the way to the Super Bowl. He might be back, but I doubt it. So he's probably going to be gone for the postseason. So they're going to be relying on uh, Hakeem Adeniji on, on at tackle, who was responsible for getting uh, turnstile by Aaron Donald a lot in the in the Super Bowl. <laughs> at, so and Max Sharping, who was uh, picked up uh, off of the Houston Texans practice squad in the middle of the season. So that's not exactly the brightest of uh, signs when you consider what Joe Burrow went through last season in the playoffs. But hey, you gotta be, you gotta work with the hand you're dealt. And last week it wasn't as bad as I think people feared it to be, and especially identity because his natural position is tackle, not guard. So he was forced into guard because uh, everybody was injured. So that's the that's kind of the optimist view of it of the of a pretty bad situation at least. So. And that was what, what would concern me right now. So Higgins is not Higgins didn't practice this week. They say he has a hip pointer, and also he's a little bit he has a bit of his illness. So that's a point of concern. But other than that, I think they're mostly okay. So that's the point of concern I would have. You're muted, Eric. My point of concern for the Bengals comes mentally, because I I know that. Bengals fans are very upset with the way things ended up with the seeding and the idea of a coin toss and everything like that. And you feel like it kind of trickled into the locker room too, the coin toss celebration and, and, and all that. Like, do you think this team is focused enough to make a deep playoff run? Because if they're just going to be, in that mentality of, hey, we got screwed because of an unfortunate event, then are they really 100% focused and ready to go? I, I, I feel like they really, Zach Taylor's big job is to not let them focus on that at all. Because if they do, they'll get caught by either the Bills or the Chiefs. And you've basically, I know they beat the Chiefs in the regular season. I get that. And I know they beat them in the playoffs last year. But do you really think, Patrick Mahomes is going to look at a team and say three times in a row it, it is going to happen like four times in a row at this point. Absolutely not. I, I think that Patrick Mahomes has one game circled on his calendar. And that game is against the Cincinnati Bengals at some point in the playoffs. I think the bills are a much scarier matchup for the chiefs. Because the Bengals, I I get it. You've beat them four times. You've beat them four times in a row, right? Like three, three times in a row. That that's a lot. But you know, Bradford knows. Like they're not gonna let them beat you four times in, in a row. That's just not gonna happen. Like it. Uh, I, I'm very confident in that. And I, I'm I'm just saying. I I think if the if the Bengals are all that stands between the Chiefs and the Super Bowl, like look out, night night, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because I I just don't believe it can be done four times in a row to to the one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. And that's all due respect to Joe Burrow. I just I just don't believe that you you can sweep him four times. I hope the Chiefs I mean, defense gets that memo. <laughs> like, I hope Justin Reed gets that memo. And yeah. he knows who he's playing against. 
Oh man, I forgot about that whole uh, that whole nonsense. <laughs> the the does, Bengals. Does he I, I know the name? As a Chiefs fan, I'm more scared of the Bills right now, just for the emotional. Like I think I, I agree fair. with everything Eric said, where it's like uh, every now and then you get petty Mahomes, and he's just he's just on another level, and I I feel like he's just been waiting for that moment. So the Bills scare me just because they. Are, have essentially molded their entire season around the idea of beating us. And now they have this insane emotional charge where the Bengals, I feel like, I feel like they've kind of gotten it all out of their system, Kansas city wise, you know, I, not, not to discredit them up against the bills, but like, man, I, I'm more scared of the bills at this time. I will say this. Like, I think if they're actually, if the Bengals are actually thinking about the chiefs or the bills then they're going to lose this game against Baltimore because like we've we have a history. No, we the Bengals have a history of, of uh, going against the AFC North uh, opponents in the postseason and it turning into some absolutely brutal and tragic incidents on the field. Uh, you, I, I think y'all you remember uh, the quote unquote meltdown at Paul Brown about seven years ago now. Was it seven or eight years ago? The night when uh, Antonio Brown, I think, completed his transition into a Mr. Big Chest after Fonte's perfect decapitated him. And uh, <laughs> is that the same game they ran off the field like idiots? Uh, I, I I'm not sure if that was it, but I do remember uh, Jeremy Hill fumbling, uh, 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 Joey Porter running onto the field, Pac-Man Jones punching a referee, and I was and I nearly punched my son out of frustration. Uh, there were many. There were. Uh, it was a bad. It was a bad night for everybody. Why be? This and, isn't the Andy Dalton Bengals, though. You you I, you no. have to wrap your head around the idea that you have an absolute monster at quarterback now. It's a different. But I will say, the Andy Dalton Bengals provided some of the most entertaining and memorable <laughs> playoff meltdowns that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Of course, yes, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know the I know the Chiefs provided a lot of. They provided one of the most hysterical meltdowns in the like, pre uh, Andy Reid era. So I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, until <laughs> until the Bengals actually managed to win one, like, well, like, it's kind of hard to get that out of your system because it's so ingrained to have something a cosmic disaster befall you, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of how how uh, trad how uh, minuscule the odds may seem to be. And the Ravens, like they, the Ravens don't like us. We don't like the Ravens, <laughs> and they and you saw in Week 18 when the Ravens really don't like, they don't like the fact that they weren't given, they were robbed of a chance to fight for the division and rightly, and they have a point. It was out of their control and they, when they couldn't, when they were, uh, when the, when the shot for the division was taken away from them and they rested their starters and they, some might say they took some, uh, they took some shots to try to see if they could soften up the Bengals for a probable rematch. Some might disagree with that. And, they're gonna they're gonna be physical. They're gonna be tough because that's how the Ravens always have played. And if they're gonna if the Bengals if any of the Bengals are looking ahead at possible matches up matchups against the Bills or the or Bills or the Chiefs or what have you, they're gonna get they're gonna get punched in the mouth and they're gonna lose this game. So I don't I don't want to hear any talk about the Chiefs or the, or the Chiefs or the Bills or anything like that before this game, none whatsoever. That there's been too much bad history against AFC North opponents to have to get that get that BS in there. I, I I understand what you're saying, but like this team is the Bengals are so good. Like I don't I don't think you need to worry too much. I, I think you're at at a certain point you got to understand that you're in a different era, and those past those past 
uh, nightmares are a distant memory now. That's not what your life is anymore. You're, there's a one year. There's do, a, one year doesn't constitute an era. You understand that? No, but this is the beginning. What did What did Burrow say? One of the coldest quotes quotes of all time. Where he's like, "The window is my career." Window and he's like, "The window is my career." That's what you're in for now. There is approximately three NFL fan bases that can say stuff like that. And they're all in this call right now. Like you have to understand that that's part of the club that you're in right now. And it's a sunny club. Why couldn't one of us just get that one conference to themselves? The other one goes, takes the other one. And then let's meet up in the Super Bowl. Like this is bullshit, man. Yeah. I, I do just for entertainment's sake, I do love that over the next, three weeks we're gonna have two massive heartbreaks like i, <laughs> I, I i'm really or looking three potentially I, I'm, yeah, re- yeah. I, I'm really really looking forward to that um all right let's talk about the bills bills mason talk to me about the non-stefan Diggs weapons because it seems like they've been kind of quiet the last few weeks. And maybe that's a product of Josh Allen. But Josh Allen looked better on Sunday. The best he's looked, I think, in a month. I had some friends that I was texting with that were like, dude, why are you being so complimentary of Josh Allen right now? It's like, are you watching that game? Like, to me, that was Josh Allen's best game in the past month and a half, hands down. He, he looked like he was throwing the ball differently. Romo said as much. Like, it looks like the elbow is completely healed. That's good news. John Brown is back making plays. Smoke, I, baby. I love, I love when John Brown gets in the mix. Love it. But Gabe Davis, a man who was a playoff hero last year, been up and down, very quiet last month of the season. How are you feeling about the tertiary-ish weapons for, for this team? And and who really needs to step up big time in the playoffs? Because you're not always going to have Stefan Diggs to bail you out. Um, so uh, I'm definitely going to talk about that. But real quick, um, I just want to go through um, something. And, and so you talked about heartbreak. And uh, I think no matter how the playoffs end for the Bills, the majority of fans obviously would be disappointed if we don't get, get to the Super Bowl. Like, that's the mm-hmm. obvious goal. But considering the adversity that, like, our community and our team has gone through this year, I think even if we lost this game, everyone's going to be kind of like, it sucks. You know, it obviously, we'd have a lot of soul-searching to do if we lose to the Dolphins. But I, I think, so starting from last summer, we had the Tops incident. And then two weeks into the season, we lose Micah Hyde for the year, which actually might be up for grabs at this point, which we're actually in a positive trend for a change. And then Thanksgiving, we get Trey White back, and for him, we trade Von Miller. Uh, And then we lose a home game to a historic blizzard, get yet another historic blizzard, which kills a boatload of people. And then we nearly watch a dude die on the field. Like, this team has been through – Everything and a half. You're gonna put point. yeah. One one thing. You're gonna put losing a home game up there with like catastrophic human tragedy. Well, it was the reason I'm putting it on there was because it, it was due to a historic level blizzard. It did shut down all of the Orchard Park area for about a weekend. Okay. And, um. It, you know they got they literally got like eight feet of snow in some areas in Orchard Park. Okay. It was genuinely pretty devastating. 
Um, you know, so I'll agree. It's the lightest of all of the quantifiable indexes there, but there's been a lot of adversity for this team that they had to go through. I mean, that was three away games in 12 days. That's a lot of, of play time that they had to go through. And so if all of it added up and it got the best of them, I don't think I'd be disappointed. And I think a lot of Bills fans would share in that. Anyway, tertiary weapons. I think the fact that Smoke Brown is back is one of the biggest deals there is because I think what that does and the reason why I think we're not going to see much of Cole Beasley at all is because it frees up Stefan Diggs to play every level of wide receiver at that point. It gives them that deep threat where Stefan Diggs can do some of those slot routes and he can do some of those dig routes that he's super good at and can still pick up a lot of extra yardage. Um, obviously, Gabe Davis has been a huge disappointment. Going into last week alone, he was fourth in drops in the league. And with his performance on Sunday, I believe that shot him up to near first, if not first itself. So, you know, it, it's been a really rough year for him as far as hanging on to the ball and, and making the plays that he really kind of needs to. Uh, uh, Isaiah McKenzie has been spotty. Sometimes he's been real successful. I think the reason he sees the field more often than not is because he's really good as like a gadget player. He's really great at the jet sweeps. He has a lot of initial burst and speed. And so it gives them a lot of accessibility to some of those more creative plays where they use that initial motion and then play off of it. Um, and then, the, I mean, the running backs have stepped up huge. And I think that's part of the reason why the offense has continued to be successful is because both of them have become not only great running threats, but they've become really dynamic passing threats as well, as far as even just check downs or, you know, out routes and stuff like that. They've, they've done an exceptional job um, catching the ball and then making plays where they'll make someone miss or they will, you know, evade a tackle. Uh, and then um, to round it all out, I think a couple of times this year and even last week, we've seen Khalil Shakir step up and make an excellent play or an excellent catch. And I think at this point, he has to have earned himself at least a little bit of playing time on that field and a little bit of trust because some of those catches he's made this year have been genuinely impressive for a, a rookie who's gotten next to no playing time because there's just so many other weapons above him. But you're absolutely right. Last game was one of the best games that Josh Allen has played in a long time. And I don't think it's in any short order that it's because they have gotten to a point where they're like, we need to scheme Stefan Diggs as the number one threat on this field. We need to make sure he's getting the ball enough where they don't get to cheat our other options. And so that is what makes John Brown be able to cook some dude over the top for 46 yards and, and a touchdown. Like it, those are the plays that open that up is when Stefan Diggs is becoming such a worrisome threat that they have to constantly cheat his way. And so I think they're finally getting back into that groove and the rushing game has been oddly successful. They're the only team with a hundred rushing yards every single game this year. Not something I knew before two weeks ago, but it's something they've been able to do. And I know a lot of it comes with Josh Allen, but a lot more has been coming from the backs lately. And so I mm. think if they, I, I don't want them to do it, but like, I think they need to shelf Gabe Davis a little bit. I think they need to put other combinations on the field without him to let them have the chance to make the plays that he's just not making. When you, when you look at Gabe Davis's stats, like overall, like it, it's 
to say that he has had a disappointing season is a little bit misleading. Like when you look at his stats in total, but when you look at the when you look at the games, like I know what you're saying because he disappears for a lot of the game. Like it's he's a really really big boomer bust kind of guy because he'll make like four catches a game and they either go for a hundred yards or they go for twenty yards. They go to go for five yards and then there's nothing in between. He's not gonna get you like those like intermediate catches. Like maybe he'll do it once a game and then kind of disappear for like. 30 minutes a game like and yeah and so, he, he also has like some of the worst separation numbers in the league which leads yeah. to that like and it's kind of ironic that when you mentioned john brown and and cooking a guy cooking a guy like take the top off the defense like when you saw the chiefs game you thought that was what gabe davis was supposed to do this year and and, and you, when you're relying on well now old man john ironic that i'm saying old man john brown when he's younger than me but <laughs> when you're relying on older john brown taking the top off the defense like it's it's weird but and you mentioned the backs like Singletary I think he's gotten he's gotten better as the season's gone on especially with Zach Moss gone and uh James Cook I think he's as he's like gotten more accustomed to the defense I think that like one which game was it I think it was the Miami game I think where he he really I think began to kind of assert himself I think I forget whether it was the Miami game or some of the I think yeah I think it was, it was the Miami game because I recall watching that game because it was on prime time and they were really focusing on running the ball a lot, not just with Josh Allen, like just destroying people as he usually does, but with Singletary and Cook, like focused on running the ball in the traditional way. And so when they have that going along, along with Josh Allen being an alien and just throwing ridiculous darts on the run, like it's hard to, it's kind of hard to block that. And like, one one person I, I didn't hear you mention was Dawson Knox, and I know Dawson Knox had some uh, personal circumstances that led to him like being out, like kind of a bit of a non-factor in earlier in the season, which is obviously another issue that the team had to. That's right, Luke come. Knox. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, like he, but I think he, he as he got a little bit further away from that, I think he they began to utilize him more, especially in the red zone, which is which is obviously one of his specialties, and like having a having a reliable tight end who can make catches in there other than Diggs. Which is, which I think will help them, especially in the postseason when the and weather gets colder. And in Buffalo, obviously, that helps a lot. So, but how's that? How's the O line looking, by the way? Because that that was an embattled unit in in the mid in the late parts of the season. And Mitch Morse, I think, was was battling a concussion. If I remember, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, and like contemplating hanging it up and stuff too. And I mean, it's still not a great unit i mean they have their moments where like the pockets just clean for a full five seconds and he just gets to stand there and survey the field and then for the other half of the game there's just two revolving doors on either side of it letting dudes take free shots at him so he has to be evading every rusher i mean because you really look at it and, and josh makes them look a little bit better than they're supposed to yeah. for sure um, and Dawson, I think the bigger reason I, I, I kind of overlooked him as far as that, like, yeah, he's he's been a, a solid red zone threat and he does pick up those yards. But I think the reason they love him so much and the reason he has so much value to the Bills is he's actually a pretty exceptional blocker, too. Right. He does a really good job picking up his assignments. He does a really good job looking for those second level blocks to find extra yards for us. And so uh, as as good of a pass catching weapon as he is, he's such a great all around tight end. He he really does take a lot of heat off our offensive line too because they get to put those heavy packages in. Right. So I yeah, no, our offensive line is iffy. Iffy. The Dawson Knox point was really good. Um, 
he, he has been very, very good over the past two or three games, which is, is just a plus for the Bills. Even when he's not putting up big numbers, whenever I find myself watching a Bills game, he just seems such like an emotional glue piece, you know? Like mm-hmm. Knox, the way that even just the way he plays on the field, I he always just strikes me as like kind of like a warrior type, you know? Uh, like uh, I, I really admire him. I'm interested in James Cook's role. Uh, it's gotten more and more as the season has gone on. Uh, I wonder how big of a part of the game plan he becomes in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. It really feels like they've been near 50-50. I don't know that the numbers necessarily back it up, but if they're not, they should be pretty close. Because, I mean, James Cook's averaging something like 5.7 yards a carry. Not that Singletary's any slouch at 4.6, but they both deserve the time they've been getting. Yep. All right. The piece de résistance. Oh, and one last point I did want to make. Oh. Man, if we could have Zay Jones back at this point. <laughs> yeah. Never, never thought I would say that, but man, if we could have Zay Jones back. <laughs> all right. The piece de résistance. The moment we have all been waiting for. Bradford has the floor, as Bradford likes to do, but I've challenged Bradford. I've challenged him. Tell me why the Chiefs should be the favorite without mentioning the name Patrick Mahomes. Okay. little tough. He is kind of the team some nights, but I will do my best. All right. I'm going to start off by talking briefly what the team is good at outside of obviously having the best quarterback in football, but that's not something that I can mention. So I'm not going to mention that he's running away with his second MVP. I didn't uh, hear a name yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Something the Chiefs are good at. The pass rush has been much better recently. George Karloftis right. has really come into his own. I think he has like five sacks in his last six games or so, getting pressure like a madman. I mean, uh, Chris Jones has had like uh, a defensive player of the year-esque campaign. Just ridiculous. He has like 15 sacks, which for that position is crazy. He is always... He's always in there. Like he's so, so reliable, which is not something that I could say about his performance the past couple of years, whereas he has these dominant games. But this year, he's just been dominant the whole way out. Frank Clark, everybody was kind of mocking him in the off season because he looked like he had like my bill. Like I was looking like this skinny little chicken, but it was ridiculous. He's had a, a very solid bounce back season. I, I remember a lot of Chiefs fans, including myself, kind of clamoring for him to be cut when the penalty wasn't very much at a certain point of the year. And, He's mm. proven that maybe not cutting him was a wise idea, and that is why Brett Veach is the GM of the Chiefs, and I am not. Uh, the defense, as, as far as passing defense, it depends. Trent McDuffie has been a revelation when he plays. He's missed some games, but overall, he has been one of the highest-graded corners in the league, and that's checked out to my eye test. Uh, Legereus Sneed is really great as like, kind of like a, 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 a pass rushing corner. That's kind of like his, his weird niche that he's, that he's carved out for himself. Questionable to play. I I'm not hundred percent sure on what his status is for, uh, whatever, whatever game they end up playing in the divisional round. Uh, that would be, that would be a problem if he's not there because he's a big part of this team. Something else this team has. I really love the linebacker core. They always show up. Nick Bolton is like the heart and soul of the defense. Guy's so underrated. So my I, my, my question is this on Nick Bolton. 
because yeah. you say so underrated. But if you I look at so. the, if you look at the numbers and if you look at the way he's played, does Nick Bone sneaky have a case to be the All Pro at middle linebacker? Uh, who's he up against here? I'm blanking. Well, uh, candidates would be Fred Warner, uh, Ro- uh, Fred Warner, Roquan. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking. Uh, Ol- Aluokan probably won't be mentioned, but he I should think be Roquan's up there. play over the past few weeks yeah. has just been out of this world. You know, Matt Milano like, certainly won't be. Milano, him, I think yeah, he Milano, deserves to be in that yeah. Milano's Milano should be up there. Yeah. Milano should I, be yeah, up there. The, the interceptions and the tackles he for loss he has are incredible. Yeah. Fred uh, Warner's definitely up there. There's a lot um, of incredible linebackers yeah. this year, though. Like in general, yeah. like the linebacking cores around the league has been just like super good. Yeah. There's been a lot of very good linebackers this year. The The point I'm trying to make here is the Chiefs defense is not great, but it has great players on it, which is a strange thing heading into the playoffs because it has is, a is lot this, of game changers it, on it. Are you trying Are you trying to diss Spagnuolo? Is that what you're trying to say here? Yes, I am. Spag, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very back and forth on it. Here's the thing with Spagnuolo. He's sort of like one of those, like, when it works, he's a genius. When he doesn't, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Spagnuolo... Uh, I, if I had to give him one thing, it's that he lives and dies by his, his mentality. You know, we're going to, we're going to rush them all, uh, with no, no regard for reason or game situation. That's just what's going to happen. And overall, the defense has been pretty poor. I mean, they were getting like lit up by Russell Wilson. Like they've, they've had some very unfortunate moments. Uh, (laughs) Jalen, Jalen Watson, nice story with the whole, uh, picking off Justin Herbert for the pick six, kind of making the game win and play. Not great. Not a great option. Uh, overall, I think that the defense is unreliable, but there's players on it that can give you the big play, which makes it hard for me to write them off completely because you can end up in a clutch situation and all of a sudden there's Chris Jones. Now you hope you don't get a repeat of last year where Burrow somehow teleports through him and wins the game for the Bengals. But in theory, in theory, uh, there's players that can show up in a big moment. I don't trust the unit as a whole, but you know, it's, it's there now. Then you get to my main concern and that is the special teams. Oh my God. I don't know how (laughs) plugged in you guys are with chiefs Twitter. Wow. We had this massive war between the uh, Dustin Colquitt, the Chiefs' old punter, punter, and Tommy Townsend and and Harrison Butker because Butker's been very bad this year. Uh, yeah. A lot of it was he got injured early on, but just just missing just ridiculous kicks. And uh, Dustin floated out the idea that it's Tommy Townsend's fault, and nobody liked this. Everybody like the the special teams coordinator was getting in on it, and I do not feel the same confidence that I did years before, where if a game comes down, if we're like 24, 24 up against the Bengals in overtime, and we got Harrison Butker lining up for the field goal, I'm not feeling too great, which is crazy to say, because I think most people consensus would have thought of Harrison Butker as like a top three kicker in the league before this season. But Oh Lord, they are not great. The special teams unit loves, loves, loves trying to be the hero. Uh, you don't have to be the hero. Just just take the 25 yards. We're not the we're not the 2006 Chicago Bears. Okay? We don't need you to change the game, guys. Stop trying to make big plays. Just let the let the unnamed quarterback run the offense 
stop trying to be the hero because this Chiefs this Chiefs team has a negative turnover differential. How many one seeds have a negative turnover differential? And the special teams is to blame. It's their fault. They have fumbled so many kickoffs and punts. It's it's ridiculous. And can I see them doing that in the playoffs? Absolutely. So that, that's my main concern here. So you're saying there's a chance for a kickoff return or two. Oh, there <laughs> absolutely. It's, I think it would be more likely that like the, the Chiefs get the ball at the start of the game and, and then for some reason they send out like Sky Moore again. You know, what's the definition of insanity? And we end up with kind of like the first Bills Chiefs AFC championship with, with Hardman. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, that's another point. McCole Hardman coming back into the offense, kind of big because uh, McCole is someone who's kind of a punching bag, I think, for a lot of Chiefs fans. But he played very admirably when he's played this year. And I think he, had, he, he kind of stretches out the defense in a way that most of these receivers really can't. I mean, yeah. MV- Sorry, on, sorry. on that, I would just argue McCall Hardman has had the best year of his career, statistically at least. Like this, this has been the best year of his career. And if if he's back and contributing, he just adds something the Chiefs didn't have before, which is verticality. Like the offense, more or less for the last two months, has not had verticality. Like they like they go on these long, pretty drives where Mahomes hits the mid-range game, but there haven't outside of one seventy-yard pass against the Raiders, there haven't been a ton of bombs away Mahomes moments. And if you bring McCole Hardman back, that becomes an option again. There's not sure? game-breaking sure? speed. And are you sure you, you have all the vertical you, you have all the vertical you need when you have a you have a running back named Jet. <laughs> that's that's well that's another thing he's i think honestly he might be a better receiver than a lot of the receivers on the team you know like he's just got like that explosion which is kind of what the offense has been missing at that receiver position so in theory hardman coming back helps that and also i have a theory i think andy reed and the chiefs know something that we don't and that that something is named Kadarius tony yeah they've been was very to close mention. to the yeah. They've been very close to the chest with it. They'll give him these little. They ran that ridiculous ring around the rosy play with him. I, I was just going to ask. <laughs> do you think there's going to be a return of the ring around the rosy play, or maybe some <laughs> other schoolyard games? Do they maybe do some four square, a little patty cake, and then form up? I, I you know, I, I'd be intrigued. Maybe there'll be betting odds on that on DraftKings as to what oh. game the Chiefs may play before <laughs> some that. Of, that would be Some yeah, but, I mean, like, I would like to see more of that. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Bradford seems a little hesitant. And I know the Bengals have the flashy names in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But of all three of your teams on this Zoom call, give me the Chiefs' skill positions right now. I really do think they're the best. When you put together Juju Smith-Schuster, who has had a career year, Travis Kelsey, Michael Hardman, now in the mix, Kadarius Tony, Jarek McKinnon. We haven't even talked about him yet. If Jarek McKinnon <laughs> plays like the way Jarek McKinnon has played over the past month, he is an absolute game-breaking player that can change the way a team attacks him. I know Clyde's been up and down this year, and Chiefs fans have a love-hate relationship, but there's another weapon right there. 
And for I that matter, mostly gone at this point. I hear you I say the name Ronald Jones. I'm going to run my head. I, I know people. He hasn't been involved a lot. But I just do think there's a chance Sky Moore makes a few plays in the playoffs that make you say, oh, okay, that's why they drafted him. Oh, I have no doubt about Sky. He's with Sky. When he gets opportunities, he almost always performs, not on special teams, but as a receiver, very well. He just he just hasn't really been integrated. To me, they've just got by far the deepest skill position group of all. Maybe not the most talented, but by far the deepest and the most weapons that, that can like, make a difference. I think depth is true. I think skilled is easily the Bengals to me, but at those skill positions. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very deep. I, a lot of options. I think Travis Kelsey is definitely what makes that difference. Like he's such yeah. an engine for an offense. Offense. like everything that he can do makes it so much easier for everyone else to do so many other things because you can just always count on Travis Kelsey to make that catch yeah it's gonna be fun the AFC playoffs are gonna be fun and now we can mention his name the Chiefs also have this guy named Patrick Mahomes and <laughs> oh, uh, I, I don't know that I've heard oh, of that guy does he oh. does he do well and Mistakes correctly. I, I've got some. I don't think unfor- he ever went to Harvard, so I don't know that I respect him. <laughs> yeah, I've got some unfortunate news for Mason and YB. He's he's a pretty good. He's a pretty good oh. player. Uh, this Patrick Mahomes fella who's playing an MVP season, basically almost broke the Manning passing record this year. He needed a 17th game though. You know. Yeah, <laughs> he he did need a 17th game. That's true. My boy Peyton still holds the record, but if there's anyone who's gonna beat it, I I hope it's uh I hope it's it's Mahomes. He he is he is fun to watch. Good. Bradford. How are you? Like, just give us your honest. Like, what are you expecting? I'm expecting the Chiefs to do what they always do, and that is make it dramatic, make it about them, make it look way worse than it should. But I expect they'll get the job done. You know, I. I think as long as you can avoid being absolutely hammered by an emotionally charged Bills team, like if the Bills, if they just Bills just capture the right energy, they could beat them. I think the Chiefs have a have a nice a nice chance of getting the Super Bowl. And I I I think the difference is not the team. I think this is one of the poorer teams in the Mahomes era, in my opinion. But this is Mahomes at his pettiest. This is Mahomes at his most determined. He is not about to let another year of this window slip him by without going down swinging. And so I feel, I feel pretty good about it. I, as, as long as, as long as the rest of the team just doesn't completely shoot themselves in the foot. I like, I like their chances of getting to another Super Bowl. but nothing's a given. Nothing's a given in this league. I, I, I have no doubts that Mahomes will put up excellent performance after excellent performance. That's, that's what I'll say. All right. I just want to ask, and I'll go first here. We, we've talked about the AFC now. We've talked about the NFC. Next time we'll do a deep dive on matchups. It'll be pretty quick since we've already talked about a lot of this stuff. I just now have to ask. Um, final fours. Let's just let's just give some basic final fours here. 
who do you guys have uh, in the AFC and NFC uh, championship games? And who do you have going to the Super Bowl? And then who, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Uh, I will uh, go first since I posed that question and I'll let you guys kind of think through it in your head. It's so boring to go chalk, but I think you have to go chalk in the NFC just because I I truly believe anyone below the two seed cannot make it to the conference title game. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings got there, but it'd take a lot. I'm not a fan of Purdy. I, not I, this again. Like I, 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 I <laughs> this don't. Is ridiculous. I this don't, is just I, hatred at this point. No, this is I, not do, I don't think he's as good as people Ooh. people say he is. But I do think the Niners have a bunch of game breaking weapons. I do think you guys are right about that. I do think they have the best defense in football. They will get there. They will play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles though will go to the Super Bowl, and in in the AFC. I've got the Chiefs, obviously. I, I think they get past most likely the Chargers uh, in the divisional round to get there. Buffalo-Cincinnati is going to be such a fascinating game. There is so much to look forward to. But I just believe in juju sometimes in sports and momentum. And the Bills just have it. Like, in that game, you cannot tell me they are not going to come out and come pumped. I think... That game, the lock of the century is that the Bills beat the Bengals. But to me, that's the end of the road. I you know, I really do believe that this all is a pointless exercise, more or less. This this all it all ends up with Patrick Mahomes playing in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. And in the end, I'm I'm just not, you know, I'm at the Brady point, you know. I'm Mason's never gonna, gonna quit the show. I'm never gonna pick <laughs> against him. You know, I to me, yeah, I have a future on him. Like, I, I've, I've pretty much known since that Chargers game. Like, this is the year that Patrick Mahomes gets number two. I think the Chiefs are the clear cut favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Bradford. Uh, yeah, I, I at the start of the year, I had a feeling about the Chiefs. And I had a feeling about the Niners and I don't know why I'd give up on them now. So I think Philadelphia, San Francisco is, is as close to a lock as a conference title game can be, as you said. Uh, and I take the Niners in that game, not because of Brock Purdy, but because of the, the, uh, the defense, because of the explosive playmaking they have all throughout the offense. And I like the chiefs over the Niners in the Super Bowl here. That's that's it, it for me. I, I I think Chiefs Bills is more of a coin flip than you're letting on. I mean, you, but I, I like your point about the Bills kind of emotionally uh, taking over against the Bengals. I, I do think that's a, a very real possibility. I think especially since it's against the Bengals, I think there's just an extra emotional charge there. And the Bills, I mean, Allen is one of the few athletes in the world where when he he's just one of those guys, when he is truly in the zone that so few people can reach, he's untouchable. The only times it's touchable when there's another guy, even more in the zone across from him, which is very rare for that to happen. And I, I think Allen will be in that zone, these playoffs and 
it's not a knock against Burrow, but yeah, I, I, I like what you said about the emotional charge. So I see, I see Chiefs Bills. I see, I see some um, Niners Eagles, Chiefs Niners, Kansas City Chiefs baby. Let's go, Mason. What you got? Well, I want to be a contrarian because this is boring as hell that we're all having the same picks here. But the AFC, do it. it's really, it's really Jags hard. to the Super Bowl. Do it. No. So, so it's it's Bills Chiefs, obviously, because I'm a homer and I picked Bills to go to the Super Bowl and <laughs> win it. So I'm going to give yourself the okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm saying I'm staying with that. But because I'm tired of hearing 49ers Eagles. I'm going to be an absolute menace, and uh, I'm going to go for the wish of Viking Seahawks. Oh, my God, yes, let's go. That would be very, very fun. The absolute chaos ball. That would be just like the most beautiful (laughs) NFC championship game ever because we know that one team who no one's going to have any faith in is going to make it to the Super Bowl. And uh, there's just potential for absolute <laughs> utter destruction. Geno Smith winning the Super Bowl? How absolute ridiculous would that be? Like, come on. Let's all dream big since we can't have the Lions, Vikings, Seahawks. All right. And who, who would win that? Uh, let's, you know what? Because I have zero faith in the Vikings, let's say the Seahawks pull it off. Yeah, and let's go. Freaking Super Bowl. All right, YB, finish us out here, and then let's head out. I want to say the Mason scenario will be an absolute dagger in Eric's heart when you consider the trade that the Seahawks made before this season, but yeah. I digress. Oh, my God, Seahawks go to the Super Bowl. I get a top five. Drew Lock, Super Bowl champion. Let's go. Oh, Make God. it happen. A horse cock lock shows would write themselves. Anyway, so, but I'll, let's, be, let, all right, let's go Let's go slightly, slightly different off, off track here. But NFC, I think it would be pretty similar because the way the seedings work, like, it's Eagles Niners. Like, it's, there's not going to be too much debate here like as much as i want brian dable to have a feel-good story to go to the conference title i don't see it happening and like i i want to believe in the giants because i think brian dable's written a hell of a story in in new york and the daniel jones redemption is very interesting especially considering the trek he has it in his receivers but i don't see it happening but so eagles niners in the conference and i think the eagles will get it done because jalen hurts with that bye week will get it right and aj brown and Devontae smith will show that this season was no fluke. So the Eagles will go to the Super Bowl. And in the AFC, the Chiefs will take care of business in the divisional round against whoever comes up, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, whether it be Justin Herbert, or whoever. And in the Bills-Bengals, I'm just kind of surprised how you guys are all framing this to be the Bengals via, the Bills will be emotionally charging at the Bengals because the Bengals didn't shoot Demar Hamlin on the field, for Christ's <laughs> sake. <laughs> oh, I, I want to uh, just say I don't subscribe to that one either. I just think it'll be a good game that I want the Bills to win. That's it. Josh Allen, that's what I was Because you're absolutely right. He did, they did not shoot Demar Hamlin. If anything, I, I thought it was one of the more respectful displays between players. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think like, it's gonna be like. I, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be like. There's not gonna be hatred towards the build like the Bengals players in Orchard Park. I don't think that's gonna be how it's gonna case. And I think it'll be, unless something happens during the game, which and then all bets are off. But I think it'll be a respectful. I think the Bengals because they proved last year that they can win in hostile circumstances and in unfavorable circumstances. So I think they can. They managed to pull off a seemingly improbable win against Buffalo 
in the divisional round. And then in round four against Mahomes, they pull off another improbable one. This is this, this is, is ridiculous. ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is, ridiculous. I, this is, this is dumber than this, this is. This is, this is the wait? most homeristic podcast. This is ridiculous. Oh Eric's gonna pick We're the killing Broncos. It. We're killing it, guys. What's going on right now? I mean, it, oh it doesn't help that we have the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what? You know what? I take it all back. The Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl. I don't even <laughs> – I track back everything that I said. The Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl. It's they are beating the Chargers. They are beating the Bengals. It's going to be Angles. Josh Allen is going to the Super Bowl. LSU versus Alabama. Yeah, Josh Allen is going to the Super Bowl. Let's go. Jaguars. Yeah. And the and the Bills will live their vicarious dream. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine there in the Orchard Park then? Oh God! And Mason, Mason will be eating those edibles in his in his basement all day. Anyway, just by myself. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I can, I, if you, if you can I'm gonna tell form. you this, but one outcome that would shock me is the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. One, the one outcome, and not the Seahawks oh. winning the Super Bowl. In the, from the AFC, <laughs> of all of all the scenarios we played out today, the one that I just do not subscribe to. Oh is my God. He's cool it's, with the Seahawks. He's cool with the Jaguars, but don't you dare mention the, 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 I'm just the saying, I, AFC champions. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's going to be very. Is ridiculous. I think like, it's going to be very Burrow tough. Will be ranked quarterback nine on the quarterback rankings. Oh my God! I don't know why I'd be bothering. <laughs> yeah, I think he was three or four. I don't want to run. I just all right, and with that, we wrap up, boys. This has been a fun one. Oh, Thank right. you. This is fun. Thank you for joining us, YB. Yeah, well, well, obviously, I, I think we'll all survive the uh, divisional round weekend. Well, so, so, Hopefully. so, um, survive. You know, if you can, if you me. can, if you can sneak away from work again next week, we'd love to have you on to preview the divisional round and talk a little wild card recap. Till then, we no will promises, be back. I'll try. All right, I know. I was just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Very short podcast, probably 30, 45 minutes, just breaking down each game. We'll give our picks, and then we'll be off to Wild Card Weekend and back next week with two episodes recapping and then looking ahead to the divisional round. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time. And they final to the Super Bowl. And a Let's quick go. a quick housekeeping note as well. Don't ask for this a lot. Please, if you have friends, family, if you listen to this podcast, if you're one of our 50 listeners, please rate and review the podcast. You know, I we do put a lot of time into it. Bradford and Mason have been very generous with their time this year. I've done this for over six years now, and it's a fun hobby, and I don't do it for the listens, but I'd love to get the podcast bigger and, you know, maybe be able to get some ads on here and, you know, pay the podcasting hosting fees. That's all I want. I just want to make $100 so I can pay the podcast hosting fees and not and not have to take it out of my pocket. So, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate any help you can give us um, by just going ahead and leaving a five-star review retweet this when you see us tweeted out at end zone pod you know i know most of our guests here are not really on twitter as much as i'd like them to be but uh we you know retweet the podcast promote the podcast if you can 
We really appreciate it. I'm going to try to start putting out some clips this year. Thank you so much for listening through the regular season. This has been a ton of fun. Playoffs start next episode, so let's just get excited for that. Once again, thank you all so much for see, Eric, listening. Sorry, I thought, see, I thought, I thought that you were wrapping it up last, and I wanted the last thing to be said was me shouting Jags to the Super Bowl, and then you Josh brought Allen the whole the thing Bowl. back. Yeah, yeah Josh Allen, but but now, yeah, that didn't really work out for you. Well, I didn't, I didn't nope. realize you were about to launch this 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 heartfelt <laughs> begging for money. I, I didn't no, realize not that. money. I just want reviews. Well, I, to lead to money. To lead to money, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I no, I just I wasn't I wasn't expecting that part to come in. And so this is why this is why we're a great podcast. I want it to be I want it to be on the record that, we, that we, we were we were so close we to hitting so the hard. Oh, we were my was it random. It's, we it's nine oh one. Like now we gotta go. I wasn't Jags to the Super Bowl like some kind of untrained maybe Josh Allen Super Bowl MVP. All right. Thanks for supporting Jackson us. Jackson the Super Bowl. Thanks for supporting us. And thanks to everyone on this podcast for giving me their time. I, appre- I appreciate and love you all. Goodbye. See you Jackson tomorrow. Jackson the Super Bowl. Peace Jackson out. the Super Bowl. Jags to the Super Bowl. Jags. <laughs>